0: Hi everyone, I'm Sarah and this is How To Be Good, the podcast that explores what it means to be a good person in today's world. Today I'm talking with Christian priest, Reverend Prebendary Angela Berners-Wilson.
1: I mean, sometimes people say to me, I'm not a religious person. I say, well, no, I'm not either. I'm, I'm just me and I'm doing my job and I'm a Christian.
0: Reverend Angela was the first woman to be ordained as a priest in the Church of England and is now the Rector of Quantock Towers Benefice. This is a collection of parishes and communities in Somerset, England. In this role, she provides leadership to six churches and their congregations, guiding the different communities towards a vision of compassion and outreach.
1: And I think, you know, not to hurt people, so to be kind to people. And especially, I think, in the pandemic, you know, a lot of us have been phoning those who are lonely, live on their own, isolated, just, just have a... A conversation down the phone.
0: Reverend Angela speaks about Christianity in such approachable terms in this conversation. So without any more introduction, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Reverend Angela Berners-Wilson.
1: I don't think the teaching the Church of England on goodness is probably any different to teachings of any Christian religion, but it's more about the new commandment that Jesus gave which superseded the Ten Commandments. It didn't mean we throw the Ten Commandments out, but the, the new commandment that Jesus gave is to love God and love your neighbour as yourself. In other words, don't do anything to your neighbour that you wouldn't want done to you. And that really encapsulates what's in most of the Ten Commandments, which is all about you know, don't commit adultery, don't steal your neighbour's goat, all that sort of thing. Um, it starts with loving God, of course, as well. But if, if you really love your neighbour as yourself, then you wouldn't break any of the Ten Commandments. Um, The old fashioned, you know, do as you would be done by is a bit more to Christianity, but that's really what it's about. So, you no, know, um, I won't ignore you or be rude to you because I wouldn't want you to ignore me or be rude to me.
0: Are there any examples that you can describe to us, especially with the pandemic around community that you, that have really struck you as, you know, that's goodness in the world? Any examples that you've seen?
1: Yes, I mean, there's been the most amazing community involvement with so many people, every level of society. Um, and I've still continued working right through the pandemic, um, and it's been hard because my husband died of cancer in June, and he was only diagnosed with it in February, so it's all a terrible shock. But people have been so kind, and I've seen kindness manifest in all sorts of ways. I mean we we one okay, I'm retro six parishes. And one of them, they normally have a community lunch once a month for the over 60s. And obviously we couldn't do that anymore. So that turned into Meals on Wheels for the over 60s. So the group that were doing it, we can't now because we're in tier four, but the group that were doing it. So they did the lunches and then they distributed them around the, the people in the village and outlying farms and things. Um, there's been a huge outpouring of, of yeah communal spirit. And it's not just Christians. I mean, obviously, it's church involved, but um, just ordinary people in the village which has been very heartwarming to see and I think certainly the very beginning with the first lockdown the churches had to be locked and that did not go down well at all um you know we are a very rural area um, and for the most part very tall medieval churches so lots of air are up there not like you're stuck in a very confined space and it's I was amazed how many people who in my own village where I live would stop me say why is the church locked people you don't normally ever see in church maybe just for Christmas but they really valued that building and I think in a time of crisis people look to their faith however latent or lost it is and people just wanted to go and sit quietly in church and we had to lock the churches which seemed very very hard I didn't agree with it but obviously I obey the law and I obey the rules but that's now changed thank goodness I think they realized that perhaps that wasn't the best thing to do so the churches are all open and indeed yesterday we had live worship in um, three of my churches under Zoom service.
0: You've been within Christianity for your whole life. How has your understanding personally of being good changed over that time, if it has at all?
1: When I went to university, um, I was 18. And when I went to theological college, I was 23. So I wasn't totally young, but by today's standards, that's quite young from where I stand now. Um, Yes, I I grew up in the church. My, My father was a priest. Um, So I grew up with an understanding of Christianity and obviously it's developed and matured over the years. And I don't think I've thrown any of it actually out, but some things have become more important as one gets older and perhaps other things
0: not quite so important. In some of the other interviews, what's come up a lot is the um, intentions versus actions. So you might have good intentions, but maybe the action doesn't come off to someone else that well. How within Christianity is that kind of intention versus actions balanced?
1: Well, there's a lovely story in the New Testament about um, the, the brother that said he'd go and help and didn't and the one that said he wouldn't but then did. I mean, I think actions speak louder than words, so um, actions are important. Um, having said that, you might intend to do something and then you don't for very good reasons. So I wouldn't want someone to feel really guilty that they said they'd go and, um, I don't know, collect someone shopping and then didn't manage to. Um, well, actually, shopping's fairly serious. We all need food, but... I think it is important to to yeah, do what you say or do. Um, it's about having integrity, about having honesty in, in your words.
0: Are there specific actions within Christianity that would make someone a bad person, or maybe just could you expand a bit on what the what the concept of bad might be within Christianity?
1: Well, it's not a word that necessarily comes up like that. I mean. There's the concept of sin, so if you do wrong, if you commit a sin. Um, but it's really about, you know, we believe that, that Christ died for everybody, so it's not about blaming people or saying you're bad, but but helping them to perhaps, you know, turn away from a path that's leading them in the wrong direction. But it's about, um, as I said at the beginning, you know, love God, love your neighbour as yourself. That's the, the crux of, of what Christianity is about. And other faiths also would subscribe to a similar um things as well but yeah so you wouldn't do anything to hurt anybody but I think the word bad um I slightly struggle in answering that in a theological concept um I have an understanding what sin is and, and we shouldn't sin and I suppose sin is ultimately doing bad but yeah I don't use that term very often you know, they're the bad people and they're bad things but it in the framework of my practicing my faith it's not a word I use very much
0: so I'm interested as well in then the idea of forgiveness. Is that then the concept of forgiveness is one in Christianity that would come up more?
1: Yes, but before you can forgive forgiveness in a sacramental sense, the person would have to repent. So in the Roman Catholic Church, um, people go to priests regularly and make a confession. In the Anglican Church, um, it's an option. It's not every time you have a main service, there's a, a communal Prayer of confession, and the priest gives absolution at the end, but if someone wanted to come and make a personal confession to me about something they 'd done, I would only give absolution if they are genuinely sorry, so if it was something to do with um you know mistreating abusing children, I would not give them forgiveness. I would say you you have to go you know I would come to, them to the police station you can 't have forgiveness unless you 're really sorry, and if you 're really sorry you're going to end up.
0: And out of interest, have you noticed in your teachings and dealings with people that there is one of the commandments or any specific area that people do seem to really struggle with?
1: Well, everyone's different. Um, some, if children come from a really difficult home background, it's very hard to honour your parents. I think, you know, do not steal is a very simplistic thing. Um, you know, every time somebody maybe takes home a paper clip because it's got some paperwork they're doing at home and maybe... They leave the paperclip at home. I wouldn't call that sinful or really bad. We've all done it. But if you're being really strict, I suppose you'd take the wretched paper paperclip back. But um, I think, you know, yeah, property, respecting other people's property, um, that's important. And I think perhaps people do stray in that respect sometimes. You know, just chucking... You wouldn't drop litter in your front room but why so why do it out in the road having watched david attenborough's amazing film last night on telly and i'm really concerned about climate change and we all know the pooling pollution and something like 80 percent of, of rubbish collected is all discarded ppe so i think you know to pick up pick up a bit of rubbish if you see it is part of, of what we should do if we're worried about the planet, which I think we all should be. When I used to live in London, I cycled everywhere, and I remember someone dropping something. They just lowered the car window at a junction. I was on my bike you know, on the inside, and they just dropped something, and I just picked it up and said, excuse me, I think you dropped this and put it back through the car window. <laughs> have
0: you ever had any moments where you've doubted if you're a good person in your religious practice or just personally? Have you ever had those moments of doubt where you've doubted a behaviour or an action or a thought?
1: Well, I wouldn't say I was a good person. I am a Christian and I try to practice a Christian faith and and, um, I try and lead my life on certain principles. I wouldn't ever call myself good. I hope I'm not bad, but um, I think, you know, I think Christians do good in the world, but so do lots of other people. I wouldn't want to put, you know, say we're the only people that do good. Of course not. That would be ridiculous. I'm mean, going to give you an example. I had a moral dilemma with myself just last week because um, when we were in the rule of six and some really good friends that my late husband and I often shared New Year's Eve with were going to come over and I was going to do a dinner party with six, two friends in the village who'd been really kind, another friend, and then this couple were going to stay because they live over in Bradford-on-Avon. Um, And obviously that couldn't happen. So we were going to meet up at Stourhead, the National Trust property, where you could still go. You have to book, but you walk around, you're outside all the time, it's perfectly safe. And we were going to do that instead. And I was really looking forward to that. And then um, on New Year's Eve, well, midnight of the 30th of December, uh, we went into tier four. So I thought, I really can't do that. Now, I don't suppose anyone would have stopped me. We'd have been outside all the time. I'm pretty certain as much as anyone can be, which we can't with this wretched virus, but I'm really healthy at the moment. and, you know, it would have been lovely to see them, especially since it's been very lonely having Christmas the first time without my beloved life's partner. Um, but I just thought I can't do that because you're not meant to travel if you're in tier four to another tier. You know, if they've been tier four as well, it might have been all right. But they're tier three. Like, I can't do that. So I had to cancel. So I had a little discussion with myself. I thought just because I can get away with it doesn't mean I should do it. And I am meant to set a good example. So I did. You know, we canceled it.
0: And you mentioned um, setting an example for other people in your position and you're also the first woman to be ordained as a priest in the Church of England. Before we end this interview I'd love to just hear some of your reflections about the challenges you faced because of that.
1: I mean some people still don't think that women should be ordained and that's what they think and they're quite entitled to their belief and I've got friends who you know think like that. Um, I can give you an example. When I was a chaplain at the University of Bristol, and there was one particular member of staff who totally disagreed about it all, and he would actually cross the road so he wouldn't have to be on the same bit of paper as me. Which you know, but everyone is entitled to their own belief. I've never not treated someone properly just because they don't disagree, just because they disagree with what I am.
0: Do you notice it has got better through the years?
1: Oh, it, it is much better. I mean, for example, when I came to my present post where I'd been for four and a half years and there was absolutely no problem the fact I was a woman. I mean, my two predecessors had been female as well. Whereas when I was last a parish priest, because in between I'd been a, a university chaplain at a different university for 12 years, um, my previous parish, you know, it was a big deal because they'd never had a woman vicar before. And one or two people were, they weren't exactly hostile, but they were very wary. And I had to really earn their respect. Whereas where I am now, it's just normal. Um, So I think it has improved, but there are certain places where it's still quite tricky for women.
0: And as we start approaching the end of the time, is there anything else you'd like to share around the concept of being good or just any kind of reflections you'd like to share that we haven't covered? Well, I
1: I think most people try to be good and lead their lives in ways that don't hurt others. But certainly in the whole world of I think corporate things and financial things, I know it's very, very complex and it, there's a lot of grey areas. And I don't think Christians should be judgmental. I think we should help people to know that God loves them. And if they've done something really wrong, we can be forgiven if we're sorry.
0: If you could give the listeners one piece of advice as to how they could go out and do a good thing or contribute positively to the world, what would you recommend they do? Uh,
1: not drop any litter. Maybe pick up one bit of someone else's plastic or PPE or face mask—they just Um, dropped—and certainly at the moment, you know, ring someone who you know is lonely, or just knock on a neighbour's door and stand back and say, "Do you need any shopping?" Just a simple thing which makes so much difference. Might be the only conversation that person's had with a live person that day, Mm. and I think you know, not to hurt people, so to be kind to people and especially i think in the pandemic know, a lot of us have been phoning those who are lonely live on their own isolated just just have a a conversation down the phone and you know when you go out and about smile at people um you know people are lonely they're they're isolated they're frightened so just to kind of tell them a stupid joke but just you know be be that well i would say you know um We've just had the first well, Epiphany Sunday when we talk about you know, when the kings came, the magi came to Jesus. When we talk about you know, the light shining, um, Yeah, you know, lighten people's day in whatever way you can.
0: My hugest thanks go to Reverend Angela for her time and openness during that interview. If after listening you'd like to find out more about Reverend Angela and her congregations, you can visit the Quantock Towers Benefice website. It's www.quantoctowersbenefits.org.uk and I'll add that in the show description notes. And if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more episodes and interviews exploring the question of what it means to be a good person in today's world, then please consider hitting the subscribe button. And if you have time and liked what you heard, then I would love you to leave a review and share with your friends. I'm in the early stages of this podcast, very much learning as I go. And so any help and support is really appreciated. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at any time. It's Sarah at howtobegood.co.uk and I would love to hear from you. Thank you.